0: The sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and the Cleveland Browns will always disappoint. Jerry Burris has not won a fantasy football game after week one. All is right in the world. Welcome to episode 24 of the NeverEnding Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and I'm joined by my winless co-host, Jerry
1: Burris. It's one game, okay? You know, the most improvement in football happens between games one and game two. I'll be fine. Relax. You know, just because Jay Ajayi didn't even make the trip, (laughs) <laughs> Does not mean we're not on the upswing, okay? Simply ravishing is coming back, no problem.
0: Is this what you tell yourself every year, though? Because it's it, it's an ongoing thing. It's 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 a tr- it's not a trend. It's a norm.
1: There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done to my team. We're we're working through some things, okay? You know what? You, you stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. <laughs>
0: working through some things. Working
1: through a couple things.
0: And while we just got done the first week of the NFL season, we're gonna flip the script on them a little bit tonight, Jar, aren't we?
1: Oh yeah, we are uh, very excited about this, this is a little little thing near and dear to our heart, you know, we both are kind of you know emo kids at heart, we've talked about it before, we also are way into alternative rock and, and all things music and we talk about that probably just as much as we do football and uh, we got a pretty cool guest lineup for tonight. Yeah, tonight we have
0: Jack Renschler from the band Wander—not Wander, not Wunder, but Wander—and we'll explain that in a second. Jack and Wander just released a new album, Precipice. Uh, one of my favorite discs, probably this past year, if not my favorite disc this past year. Uh, Jack, welcome to the ep- welcome to the episode.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah,
0: thanks for coming on. Anytime. So. So, real quick, before we even get into this, obviously, I have to mention where you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Neverending Glory Podcast. Send us emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. We have some emails that we're going to answer tonight on the show. And on iTunes, you can find us on at uh, Never Ending, Glory, Never Ending Glory Podcast as well as on SoundCloud. So, and be sure to check us out on dynastyfootballwarehouse.com. Jack, where can we find Wander on social media?
2: Uh, you can find us at pretty much any, uh, you know, of the big Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, backslash W V N D E R band.
0: Excellent. So let's talk about that real quick. So you're not wander, you're not Wunder. You you pulled the same move that the band the band Paris did, where throwing the V instead of the A. Explain that real quick. What happened there?
2: Yeah, what what an unfortunate situation for us. Um, so when we, when we started this band back in 2014, um, we scoured the internet after we came up for this name, did not find any other bands or artists by the name of Wander, um, and we found another band from San Francisco called Waking Wander. Um, so I guess a year or so ago, they changed their name from Waking Wander to Wander and ended up trademarking the name Wander before before they even used that name. So those jerks, this, they were. I mean, that's a really smart thing to do. If you're if you're even if you don't go by that name, they they had changed. They had trademarked just the individual words as well. Okay. Um, so they changed their name. And eight days before we were set to release Precipice, uh, we got an email from their record label. I know, it sucks. It's It was not, not a good situation. We had already, um, you know, printed thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. We had already, I mean, you know, the, the cogs are in motion long before, you know, a release date like that. So we had already, you know, submitted everything to our... Um, distributor to our label everything was all set and we get an email from them saying we have to change our name or else they're going to sue us um so we ended up flipping the a into a v because we didn't want to completely rebrand ourselves right Uh, we we were able to cut a deal with the label and the band um that is going to let us sell the remainder of our physical merchandise that we printed um and then once we sell out of that that stuff, we have to officially change the name. But they, I think the main problem was they're they're like a and they're very very good by the way. Nothing against them at all. I would have done the same thing as a businessman myself. But um, we we're quite a, a bigger. I mean we're still a tiny little band, but they're like a a post rock band, all instrumental, kind of like explosions in the sky type stuff, fifteen minute long songs. Um so our ceiling is is quite a bit higher than right. theirs with, with regards to reaching a broader audience. Um
0: well, so we have- Jack Jack to bump in real quick here. It's funny, you know, when I listen to you guys on Spotify I I'd see a, a new song or a new disc came out by Wander, you know, probably last year, and it was like a black and white cover. And so I'm listening to it. and I'm like, where, is, where are the lyrics? Where's, uh, where's Andy? You know, and and yep. then <laughs> I soon realized, like, I don't think this is the right band. So when I saw the change, it, it all kind of made sense there. And. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's good that you guys came into an amicable agreement, and you know, I think it's going to work out for you guys just fine. Like I said, with Paris, um, the the P the V instead of the A,
1: it works out just fine. This is scaring me a little bit. I'm waiting for the people from Neverending Story to get uh, in contact with us.
2: <laughs> well, but, file a, file a trademark.
0: <laughs> we're working on that. Our business manager Sean is working on that. I don't know I don't know what the status is with that, but um. You know, So you mentioned Wander. You guys started in 2014. Now, is this your first band? I mean, and let's talk about that real quick. So you're the guitarist for for Wander, the lead guitarist. You do background vocals. You write all the music. Um, Is this your first band? How did you get into music?
2: Um, So funny story, Andy and I actually have played in bands together since we were like 16 or 17 years old. So this is is not my first band. Um, This is my first band of this genre. Um, actually all, everyone in my band has never played in an alternative rock band before. We, we've been almost exclusively, um, in the, the hardcore progressive metal type. Oh, of now genre. we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, so Andy and I were in like a melodic hardcore band before, um, we started Wander and I just happened to be like, I got a new guitar or something one summer, went on vacation and. I had just started listening to uh Listen and Forgive by Transit and oh, yeah. I I wrote Grapevine in 3 minutes <laughs> my jam it's
0: my <laughs> something jam something like I love that
2: so, so it's you know it's it's weird how materialistic items can kind of inspire you in that way and right. um so you know I I just kept writing songs like that and sh- lo and behold our other band fizzled out and Andy was like you know we should record some of these so We hit up a couple of the guys that we grew up playing music with, and that's how the band kind of started.
0: I was actually in a band in high school. Did you know that, Jerry?
1: Shut up. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. So, so we're all not emo kids. We listen to, like, Taking Back Sunday, Thursday, um, Saves Uh, the Day, all that good stuff and um we started a band and you know if you're if you're normal screamo band we have a lead singer with a nasal voice you had the screamer and we had a drummer and we had a guitarist and we had a bassist the only problem was is the drummer didn't know how to play drums um the bassist didn't have a bass but he said he'd be the bassist Uh, our lead guitarist had a guitar but he only knew how to play like three chords um our Nasley Singer was made Jordan from Newfound Glory sound like uh, had a he had a gruff voice, and oh I was God. a screamer. <laughs> and I was a screamer. So that's um, not musical talent. So we it's, never we never actually made music, but we had the best ever emo band name. You ready for this? Almost Heroes, inspired by the great Chris Farley movie. If that's not a great emo band name, I don't know what is. Almost that's
1: Heroes. Luke, I barely <laughs> like you as it is. Like, you're really <laughs> pressing the issue here. Just admit that Almost Heroes is
0: a fantastic emo band name. You never thought of anything more creative or better than that in your life.
1: I would not have drawn Almost Heroes logos on my book cover. <laughs> I would not have, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting off topic a little bit here. Yeah, because a real band. Let's hear about a real band,
0: and
2: not okay. your fake band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd call us a real band.
0: Oh, you're a real band. Um, you guys have two discs. So uh, in 2014, you released the self-titled uh, EP, and now obviously Precipice came out. I want to thank you. I actually Googled Precipice because I didn't know what it, mean- what it meant, uh, and now I know it means like cliffs, right? Yep, yep. All right, nice, nice. So, um, So let's talk about the band real quick um so we talked about the different roles you had in your band and we also you also mentioned like an alternative band obviously with the scene in music that you're probably trying to get into or you're into already sometimes it get, la- it get la- labeled as like pop punk or emo or alternative or screamo what would you call wander what kind of band are you guys
2: when people, I don't know, we've, we get people all the time that message us and they're like, what are you? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like we don't, we don't want to Brett and we have like a documentary that we just put out and Brett, our drummer, um, kind of put everything into perspective by saying, we don't, we don't really want to fit inside of a box. You know, right. like we kind of just, I write the music that I want to hear. Um, and it just kind of, comes out, you know, whatever it sounds like is what it sounds like. So I tell people that we're just a rock band or an alternative rock band. I think that's a pretty broad type thing. We get labeled as pop punk very often. We actually make fun of ourselves a little bit for (laughs) it. We've got a a shirt that said it's like the Drake logo. And it said, if you're reading this, we're not a pop punk band.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. You know it's so. funny too because I think that the reason why you come off as a pop or people think you're a pop punk band is because you do have a lot of catchy hooks. Um, you know, obviously Andy does have a little bit of a higher voice, but mm-hmm. it's catchy, but it's not repetitive. It's it's catchy, but it's good music. It's not just cookie cutter guitar riffs and and drum solos and all that. It's just it's good music that actually has a point the lyrics have some deeper meaning to it so
1: i, I think like you're it's also real atmospheric as well i think yes. you, yeah i think you get into a little bit more into that range as well and that's i really like that your songs that explore
2: that kind of space well thank you very much i appreciate that guys
1: yeah
0: so um so obviously okay so you're you're somewhere in the realm of emo pop punk straight alternative whatever you're a beautiful mix of all of that uh <laughs> But you know what's frustrating? What I see is, you know, I have Sirius XM radio. Um, I, how do we find your type of music? You know, you're not going to find it on Alternative Nation. I mean, we just finally, I finally heard a brand new song on Alt Nation. Uh, you're not going to find your music on Sirius XM. we're not going to find it on on pop hit 20 or whatever it's called i mean where do people find your music and what can we do to bring your music to the masses because every time i hear music like yours or, or bands like yours i just say to myself. If this is just in an outlet for somebody else to hear it, for thousands of people to hear it, there would just be a huge market for it. and just makes no sense why there aren't more uh, avenues for you to get your music out there.
2: Oh, I know, man. It's, it's, it's a pretty ridiculous thing. If it were 2003, we'd probably all be filthy rich and buying <laughs> the new Bentley SUV that's ugly as shit but it's got 600 horsepower. So, you know, whatever. Um, the, way that, the, the way that we got discovered was through a website called Bandcamp. I don't oh, yeah, know if yeah. you've heard that before, but yep. we we put our we self-released our the self-titled album and it it was like one of like the top ten trending records on Bandcamp within the first three days. So we got hit up by like six six to ten different record labels telling us that they wanted to meet with us or whatever, and um, that's a that's a really great resource for independent artists. Even signed artists are using that now instead of stuff like Spotify and iTunes because they really don't don't get the artists a whole lot of money. Right. Um, we I read,
0: I read something today that Nelly needs hot in her. To play like 250 thousand 250 million times in order for him to pay off his uh his debt to the federal IRS. Yeah, I oh, saw yeah. the
1: same stat. It's like what 0.0084 cents per play? Per stream. Yeah,
2: yeah it's it's ridiculous. It's it's like cents of cents. It's crazy. It's unreal. It's
1: the same amount of money that they stole in office space when they <laughs> uploaded the <that> virus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, we we use that that website quite a bit, and then since we we don't tour full time, I've got you know my career started with the government already and nerd. I know <laughs> it sucks, but you got to pay the bills, man. Um, so we we use a, you know social media pretty aggressively and hope that you know we can reach new fans that way. And I don't know, it's if there was if there was a magical answer think we probably wouldn't be in this situation <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you um, so let's talk about precipice real quick. when did that come out?
2: Uh, it came out on August nineteenth
0: and how's the how's the uh, feedback been so far
2: it's been really great um i was i mean I get nervous releasing anything um, because it's you know it's very close to my heart, and you know, I, I, in the end, you know, I, 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 do write music for me, and I write it because I want to make stuff with my best friends, and, um, but you know, it's still not, not cool to have people dissing anything that you make, but, um, I think people have are are really liking the new the new album. They're saying it's it's a pretty natural progression with some, you know, a nice mix of old and new in there. I thought it was a little risky. Um, which which is what made me nervous, but I think I think it's been pretty good so far.
0: Yeah, I, I, both Jerry and I have listened to it. I've listened to it literally probably about fifty times by now. It's it's one of those if I'm at work and I need to listen to a disc to just get me through the last hour of work, I listen to Precipice, or I'll go back to the self titled. I'm not kidding when you know I say that you're one of my top five current bands right now. It's just you guys make great music and, and I love it. So I think I thought that. I thought Precipice was a great uh, follow-up to self-titled, and so so tell us kind of you know what goes into writing an album. You know, we mentioned that you you write all the music for the album. Uh, Your lead singer Andy writes all the lyrics, and if you read the document or watch the documentary that we released on our Facebook and Twitter page, um, you know Andy mentioned that he waits until you finish your writing, and then he makes uh, he writes his lyrics based on what you're writing. So you know obviously you're you're the first one up what
2: goes into writing the writing the music for an album um so it's 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 been kind of different the last the last two CDs um with the self-titled it when we wrote or when i wrote the um most of the songs on that cd it was literally just just me and andy um i i would play guitar into a garage band with no click track or metronome or anything like that and send it to Andy. He'd be like, uh, oh, this sucks or this is good or we can make it better. And then he's also an audio engineer who's produced both of or all three of the um the CDs that we put out. So I would go over to his house and we'd record, do a click track, and then together we would we would program the drums. Um and then Brett, after Brett joined the band, he, he pretty much tracked exactly what he and I had, had written at that time um, as far as drums go. Now, with, with Precipice, this time around, um, I wrote a lot of the songs in a music software, a tablature software. So I wrote the guitars, the bass, and the drums, kind of rough, rough versions of everything. And then I would send them out to Brett I'd send him the drums and he'd kind of add his own flair to it polish everything up um Andy would do the same thing with the bass and then he would write vocals and stuff like that afterwards so it's it's been a little a little different and now that Danny has joined the band um he and I have written some music together before and we've got we've got a lot of great chemistry so I I'm hoping that it'll become more of a cohesive uh type thing from now on
0: right right um so obviously you know it's a great album and you release the album but like you said you have a full-time job so so what's next after this album is there going to be a tour for you guys or anything
2: yeah i'm, I'm hoping that we're going to do a precipice tour um sometime next year hopefully um we've We've kind of only ever gone up the up and down the East Coast before, so we're hoping to go out west. We've had a lot of requests um, to to play shows out in California. Obviously, that's somewhere that we'd really like to go, and then we've got a fair amount of um, fans out in like the Midwest area too. So,
1: yeah, Cleveland's beautiful in the wintertime. You should really <laughs> stop by. And-
2: <laughs> we've, I think, have we played Cleveland before? No, we've played Columbus. Columbus is one of my favorite cities.
1: Columbus has got right. a great indie rock scene down there. And yeah, we, we played to play
2: too. Yeah, we played in the bottom of a Donato's Pizza. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was On great. Campus? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Have you played Boston? Yes, we've played. Yeah, we played Boston. We played in. Um, oh crap! The, the town week? starts with an A. Oh, uh, Alston. Yes. Yeah. Yes stayed in Hits Hits central yeah. Surprised he made it out alive well it was in the middle of a uh, snowstorm also so that was <laughs> that was a great great trip i <laughs> believe it I believe it.
1: why well, would i wanted to ask you jack was a little bit more about um some of your your you and your band's influences from writing style because listening to precipice and like luke had said i listen to it a lot when i'm driving i get to work really early you know Dark Roads I'm thinking a lot and it, it's a great album to throw on and you just let your mind go and it the band that kind of reminds me of when it, as far as the lyrics and stuff is, is kind of like Coe and Cambria there's oh, some yeah. storytelling yeah. going on and is am I wrong in, in saying like Precipice has got some sort of like overarching uh, story behind the different do, tracks do you have
0: right. do you have a comic book coming out too? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's, that's a pretty cool idea
0: <laughs> yeah and our, our the wanderer Jack comes on to a podcast and talks <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, next panel,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I the we've got three tracks off of um, Precipice that kind of tell a fictional story um, about these two brothers. Um, one of them decides to commit suicide, and at oh the gone. last second, yeah. Oh so gone. things um, again
0: real. All right, wait, So, that, well, <laughs> let me guess. Goodbye is goodbye one of them?
2: Yes, goodbye. Okay.
0: Goodbye is one of them. I'm in happy good- you brought that up. We're going to talk about goodbye in a second. Okay, go on.
2: Goodbye is the um one of the songs from. It's each each song is told from a different perspective. So, goodbye is told from the perspective of the brother that commits suicide, and that the the last line of the song uh, is my second thoughts. All scream goodbye, um Survive. So he, at the last second of him, you know, falling to his death, he's like, oh, like, why, why am I doing this? Like, this is not the way that I should have handled this situation. Um, So an after image, which is told from the perspective of the surviving brother, um, the brother who is dead comes back as a ghost and kind of like tries to communicate with his brother um, and then in Limbo, he actually succeeds and they have a conversation. Um, Andy plays one of the brothers and then Bradley Walden from Emerosa plays the other brother. So they're I kind am- of like conversing in that song.
0: I am so happy that you explained that to me because <laughs> I am not an artist whatsoever. I just listen to the music and I just listen to the lyrics and I kind of hear in goodbye. He says he wants to end his life. I'm like, Oh God. Oh God. Like, <laughs> this is so sad. It's, it's, a it's fictional.
2: It's fictional. Okay.
0: Because I mean, if it, if it wasn't fictional, I figure you guys probably were like, Andy, is everything, go- is everything going on? Is it okay, bud? Um, <laughs> And I know Saves the Day, the, there was a article one time where the lead singer from Saves the Day, his father approached him and said, hey, uh, you're writing some real dark shit here, buddy. Is, there, is everything okay? So I'm happy to hear that. It's just a fictional story. And I'm happy you brought up Amorosa, too, because they're a pretty cool band. Um, and it, it's pretty exciting that you guys were able to get Bradley Walden onto this uh, to this desk. And, really, and, and hearing this, so again, I'm not an artist whatsoever. I talk about fantasy sports, and I, I just go through the motions of my daily life and just you know, face everything around football. So uh, I'm not deep whatsoever. So it's really cool to hear that there is a story to these songs and, and to hear the background about it. It's, it's really amazing. And, and actually, you know, it's going to open up my eyes. So next time I hear those three songs, um, instead of just hearing, you know, really catchy music and catchy hooks and, and a good voice and, and good guitar riffs, I'll actually be like, oh wait, there's deeper meaning to this. I forgot about that. So again, another reason why you're not pop punk, and you, you guys are <laughs> a lot. You know, I know that Blink One Eight Two sang Adam Song, and that was so deep and emo, but like this is this is a yeah, step. You know, head over heels better than that. So,
2: well, thank you very much. Or, I, I think we're we're a pretty serious band, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. We try to you know balance that line a little bit.
0: Right. Um, so, cover art for both the EP um, and was rest the uh, the uh, the LP, or the uh, rest was the EP, right?
2: Yes, rest was the EP. Self title was the first LP,
0: right? So, so on the the cover of the self titled, we see we're introduced to what the Wanderer is his name, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, somebody named
2: him Bobby on the internet somewhere. What well, like they name him? Very much. Then Bobby. Bo- oh, Bobby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, we can do better than that. We can uh, do a little better than Bobby, right? So, and we'll we'll tweet out uh, the covers to all the different discs, uh, so you can awesome. kind of see what we're talking about. But you know, the the first um, LP the self-titled had the wanderer or Bobby on top of a, of a <laughs> cliff of some sort. And there's, there's wolves looking up at him and then the second one rest, he's sleeping, right?
2: Yeah. He's like kind of, you know, just like chilling on a rock, like, Oh right. shit, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> I've been wandering all day. I need to sleep. Yes. And then the <laughs>
0: last one, he looks like he's really screwed because he's on a, 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 shitty little raft. Um, the, the wolves are looking down at him and, uh, he's caught in the waves, um, so it's, shit's not looking good for him in the, in the cover of precipice, right?
2: No, not not good at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the story behind all three cover arts, and who came up with the idea? And you know, are you planning on something new for the Wanderer on the next the next un, or uh, to be de- uh, determined LP?
2: Um, so the we we honestly didn't have like an idea of what of what we wanted. Uh, a character to look like we didn't even know that we were going to have one Um, we just knew that we had an artist that the three of us really liked um, who we were kind of familiar with and we hit him up and we were like hey man can you just draw something that's Kind of like this, like outdoorsy, you know, maybe a guy or something like that, and that—that's what he came up with. And um, the, my favorite part about that specific album art is that it features a lot of um, things that are found in the state of Maryland. Like, if you look at the like the butterflies in on the album art, if you look at there's like an oriole, which is the the Maryland state bird. Um, the wolves are a specific breed of wolf that are found in Maryland. There's black eyed Susans, which is the official flower of the state of Maryland, stuff like that. So okay. tons of little Easter eggs in it. Um, and we thought it was so awesome that we just kind of like decided to make that guy and the wolves are our, our logo and our, our thing that we were going to continue on with. So um, I knew that after, I had already started working on Precipice before the self-titled album was released after we got signed um and I I knew I wanted to go in a in a darker direction so we to bridge the gap between the darkness that that is Precipice and kind of the more lighthearted tone in the self-titled um we decided to do Rest the EP um as sort of just like a transition um between the two and created that art around, you know, what, okay, well, what comes between daylight and night, dusk. So, right. um, yeah, so I, I'm sure he'll make, he'll make an appearance on the next record also. I don't know what he'll be doing at that time, but we, it's, it's kind of um, just a metaphor for, you know, everybody struggles through life and they're looking for something, even if you don't really know what it is. Um, you just got to keep chucking along.
1: The one thing else. I saw that's missing in all of that Maryland stuff is a uh, Redskin logo. There's nothing <laughs> in there. <Why? laughs> I'm just
2: joking. Well, we can talk about that or not talk about that after the game last night. I think that's uh, everybody can answer that question for themselves. Right.
0: Well, a, a beautiful segue there from Jer, uh, Jack. You know, an amazing CD. Like I said, everybody who's listening to this, please go out, download Wander on iTunes. Or pick it up from the physical copy. You can find them on Twitter at WVNDERBAND. band. Uh, check them out on Facebook again. Wander with a V. Wunder. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this band. Uh, just, just good, good music and and solid dudes and um, really cool too. Jack, if if you check him out on check him out on YouTube, he has a really great cover uh, from a band called Copeland, which him and I both enjoy thoroughly. And then uh, Andy. Also, has a really good cover from um, who was a dance Gavin Dance, which I which I found the other day. That was that was great as well. So check them out, please. Continue to pimp them out, uh, make them bigger than they are already, uh, because they really deserve to be that next big band that breaks through. Uh, but Jack, we mentioned that you are from Maryland, and we did mention the Washington Redskins. You're a big Redskins fan, even though they got their asses beat last night by the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Um, you're still going to stick with them. Yeah that's put that's putting it kindly too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was the the Steelers pretty much did all they want, whatever they wanted against the the Redskins last night. D'Angelo Williams and Antonio Brown both just played out of their minds. I had both of them on one fantasy leagues or one fantasy team, so I was pretty jacked up about how that ended up. Sorry to,
2: to tell you that. But um, <laughs> well, there's a reason I don't have any Redskins players on my fantasy. Teams.
0: <laughs> Smart man. So okay, so obviously in, in the offseason, the the big storyline was whether or not Kirk Cousins it was going to sign an extension or accept the franchise. T- Franchise tag. So, are you a Kirk Cousins believer, or do you think he's just another guy and he just made twenty million dollars and he should go off somewhere else?
2: You know, I, I am, I, I'm at a loss. Honestly, it's, it is so hard to believe in anyone that wears burgundy and gold. I tell you, wow, <laughs> After this sounds they, like us. They have, they, well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Cleveland Browns haven't. Are kind of in the same boat. But they've, no, I mean, no, no.
0: The Browns were way worse. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns, Browns got your leftovers of Robert Griffin III, and he lasted three quarters of a game.
2: Yeah, true.
0: <laughs> they, uh, the
2: uh, the man of glass. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's hard to believe in a team that has never been good in literally my whole life. So
0: I don't well, what, know. When what were you born?
2: I was born in 91, so they won okay. the Super Bowl the year I was born. Right. And then, so, um, I was an
0: impressionable 8-year-old uh the year that they won the Super Bowl and the Reds uh, the, the Patriots were terrible at the time. And so I was a die-hard Redskins fan for like 3 years. I have Mark Ribbon's autograph. I sent him a card, he sent it back to me autographed. So, uh there there is a, a spot in my heart that does love the Redskins. And part of me cheers for them except for the fact that I hate Dan Snyder. Um,
2: <laughs> who doesn't?
0: <laughs> but, you know, so I I, I feel your pain. Um you know, Jordan Reed has turned out to be a pretty solid player. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, but he's one hit away from, you know, being a vegetable uh, yeah. or he's one rolled ankle away from, from being on the IR. They have a bunch of other talented players on that team. Obviously, they brought in Josh Norman as well. He, he, I don't think he struggled last night because, much like Richard Sherman for the Seahawks, he kind of sticks on one side yeah. of the field. Um, but Antonio Brown, like I said, had his way last night. So uh, do you really think that – can Norman come in, huge offseason signing? Can he come in and be the shutdown corner he was in Carolina? Or do you think that maybe he was a product of just a great defense in Carolina and he benefited from it?
2: I I think he is, is very good. I really, really do not understand why after Antonio Brown just repeatedly shat all over Rashad <laughs> Greeland. <laughs> Just move him over to the other side of the field. Like I don't, I don't understand that. They like, put put the best cornerback, supposedly the best cornerback in the league, on the best wide receiver in the league, and see what happens. I mean, he just Brashad Breeland just kept getting embarrassed.
0: <laughs> well, that's kind yeah. of just the the narrative when it comes to, like I said, with players with like um, uh, Richard Sherman and Josh Norman. Can they play both side both sides of the field? Can they play on the right side or the left side? And, and Jerry, you're a coach, so yeah, I was why saying, sometimes.
1: It's- it's, it's not as easy as you think. Your brain is, is so predicated on doing one thing from one side. Your eyes are trained to do one thing from one side, and you become the absolute best at it. And to move you over to the other side of the field is like trying to, you know, imagine you're a fantastic chef, but now they want you to cut vegetables perfectly with your other hand. It's it's right. not as It's not as, or switch playing guitar to your other side. Oh, wait, it's the same thing. The chords are the same. The song structure is the same, but you're, Doing everything backwards. Jack like, could
2: do it. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. But yeah, my I was asking my roommate uh, was a wide receiver at Bucknell, oh, and um, he. I was asking him the same thing last night. And he pretty much had the same response. You know, it's 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 like doing the same job, but you're not doing the same job. Right. <laughs> and I was like, what?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, Luke's boy, Jeff Fisher, just said it on the Hard Knocks the other how day. How is Jeff
0: Fisher my boy?
1: Because you're you're a big fan of a bushy mustache and a guy who makes gigantic promises he can't deliver. Well, 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 well anyway, how, how, how is Jeff Fisher Jeff Fisher, Fisher my was boy? talking about the nickel quarterback being the hardest position to play on defense because you have to be able to play inside... And he has to be able to play both sides of the ball, in you know any direction that a receiver goes to. Outside corner, we saw last night. Josh Norman's pretty freaking good when he's on that one side. But Antonio Brown, you know, he's not going to line up just there. He lined up all over the field.
0: Well, Jack, I just want to say we did our divisional picks last week, and uh, there was one certain person on this podcast who chose the Giants to win the AFC, uh, the NFC East. And uh, his name is uh, (coughs) Jerry Burris. Everybody (laughs) else picks the Redskins. So uh, don't listen. Hey,
2: (laughs) hey. I like those picks except for one.
0: So <laughs> yeah, I think the Redskins will be all right. You know, I think you know, Norman will will get his shit together and, and and be I don't think he'll be as much of a shutdown corner as he was in Carolina, but I think he'll be pretty solid and they have a great wide receiving core. Uh Deshaun Jackson's in a contract here, so is Pierre Garcon. And Josh Doxon's a really impressive player as well. Uh hopefully he can come come away from that Achilles injury and be okay and uh and just be a solid player. And you know with Kirk Cousins, I don't blame him for not accepting the extension. He would have been like the 21st highest paid quarterback with the, the extension that the redskins were offering so he's making a, a bet on himself and he's hoping that he can improve or play as well as he did last year and if he does that'll turn into a hundred million dollar contract so you really can't fault him for that well jack we know you play killer music we know you like a mediocre to above average football team in the redskins but the real <laughs> question is do you like fantasy football
2: I do. This is my uh, my second year playing the defending champion at my office league. So
0: oh, wow, wow! Yeah. First year champion—that's pretty impressive. That's kind of like when I came into uh, the league. Jerry and I are in. I, I came in and dominated first year. <laughs> no big deal. No, big deal. Uh, no yep. big deal at all. Awesome. So, what's who's on your squad this year? Who do you like?
2: Let's see. I've got um, I've got Russell Wilson. Not not liking his uh, his banged up ankle or whatever it is, or his foot. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a big fan of that. I My roommate told me to uh, to pick up that Spencer Ware, the backup running back from Kansas the Chiefs. City? Yeah, because yep. um, mm-hmm. he said that Jamal Charles wasn't named as the featured back this year. And well, we'll, guy, we'll talk about that. Don't you worry. We'll give you yeah, all that, the on that. He went off this week. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had uh, had Larry Fitzgerald so nice. he went off this week, too. So I, I had some good luck during week one. Hopefully it continues.
0: Yeah, and the good news about Larry Fitzgerald going off was the Cardinals still lost that game to my New England Patriots, which <laughs> absolutely blew me. My- I went into that game thinking that they were going to get smoked, and uh, they actually they won, which, I guess I'm still kind of on cloud nine about. Garoppolo um, looked real good. He did look. Garoppolo looked pretty damn good, I gotta say. And, and we'll, we're actually going to talk about the uh, the Patriots and the Browns. It's going to be, you know, two different ends of the spectrum when we uh, discuss our picks tomorrow. But uh, let's talk about Week One and what happened in Week One. You know, we saw a ton of talk about how Kelvin Benjamin and the pa- and the Panthers were going to limit his snaps and spread those snaps around, but. Jerry, I think it's pretty safe to say that Kelvin Benjamin's back, and he is probably not Cam Newton's number one option, but probably the number two option, right? Oh,
1: I think you can make a case for the number one. I think Cam Newton's favorite thing is guys with huge catch radius, and Kelvin Benjamin might have the best in the league right now with uh, the retirement of Megatron. Um, he's back in a big way, and he's a force to be reckoned with. He's a legit wide receiver one and somebody you should be starting
0: yeah, it, you know, going into this week, uh, all the, the fantasy pundits were, again, saying that Ted Ginn was going to take some time, Devin Funches was going to take some time, but it ended up that Kelvin Benjamin was a lead dog in that wide receiver core yet again, uh, and he didn't even skip a beat from his ACL injury that cost him his whole 2015 season, so... You know, I was I was a little down on Calvin Benjamin going into Week One, but now he's a full blown wide receiver two, borderline wide receiver one. He made some great catches, scored a touchdown his first game back. Um, I love him for the rest of the year. I, I wish I uh, went against my better judgment and actually targeted him in drafts this year, but I didn't. So uh, that's on that's on me. That's on, as Young yeah, this, Daniel would say, that's on me. Well, the
1: story is going to be this all year. You know, when the Panthers get in the red zone. Especially inside the ten, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna load the box, take away the quarterback run? Or are you going to, and then leave it one on one with Calvin Benchman outside, Devin Flutters outside? Or are you gonna to try to, you know, play the play that they love the slant inside uh, when they get down there or the or the jump ball? How are you gonna defend? And if you don't defend the middle run with the quarterback, they're gonna run quarterback power, they're gonna run that little um, power read scheme and he's he's right up the middle and you can't stop a six five bowl like
0: that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Another player coming off an ACL, Jordy Nelson. He's pretty much the reason why the Packers offense went in 2014. Uh, We saw they really struggled in 2015 to get anything done. Uh, Jordy Nelson came back. I think he had four catches, but he had a touchdown, a nice touchdown. Uh, And and the the whole offense as a whole really opened up. Devontae Adams had a beautiful touchdown catch uh, from a great throw from Aaron Rodgers. Eddie Lacy looked a little spry, that P90X. Uh, So, uh, you know, Randall Cobb struggled a little bit i think he had a little ankle injury or hip injury uh in the second quarter but he bounced back and had you know a, a standard randall cobb six catches for some odd yards you know scoring about 13 fantasy points but in the end i i said that aaron Rodgers was gonna have a bounce back potentially mvp season and he's well on his way to doing that uh jack are, are you uh, are you an aaron Rodgers fan at all or you know are you buying or selling on this packer's offense going back to its you know high octane level was it two years ago
2: you know, Aaron Rodgers is somebody that I I always thought was you know a pretty darn good athlete. You know, he's mobile, he's got a cannon. I, I find it very hard to not get behind Aaron Rodgers in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: And, and he showed it. I mean, the the, the he was in the gra- within the grasp of at least two or three defenders, and then just threw a, an absolute dart to Devontae Adams at the end of the second or the first half in Week One. It was just it was just vintage Aaron Rodgers and. I targeted him in all of my drafts. I wanted him in the third round. I got him in like two or three leagues, and it paid off well. You know, he was on pace for like 60 fantasy points after the first half, and they did slow down the second half, and it ultimately got the win against Jacksonville. But uh, I I think that that Packers offense is back, and you know, invest as much as you can in them. Uh, I I wouldn't touch the tight ends, though. Jared Cook and Richard Rodgers, they're going to cannibalize off each other, and neither will be a very solid fantasy start. But your Eddie Lacy, your Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers, those those four guys are all going to be good to go on your fantasy starting lineups. And, uh, Jer, my favorite value pick in our draft, in the league from the Ville draft, was Jameis Winston. And
1: how did he do this week? Uh, he torched me. Uh, four t- four <laughs> touchdowns, <laughs> one against him this week. Yeah, uh, Nick him and he went uh, 281 for four touchdowns. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs>
0: not a problem anything to make you cringe a little bit and he wasn't the only quarterback that really went off this week drew Brees was awesome Uh, did you see uh uh, jack um, jack yeah no your name is jack jesus christ i can't talk right now um (laughs) jack did you see that beautiful 98 yard catch from brandon cooks
2: i sure did i had him on one of my teams too and uh that was a beautiful thing
0: it was just straight, straight speed. It was just a nice little rainbow pass from Drew Brees to Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks just outran the defender. Um, but Willie Snead, shockingly enough, was the best receiver for the Saints on Sunday. And even though the Saints didn't win the game, Oakland ended up winning that game in uh, in overtime. I believe it was uh, the Saints missed a – no, I'm sorry. At the end of regulation, the Saints missed a field goal to win it. So Oakland Raiders won in overtime on the road. But Willie Snead absolutely dominated – and showed that maybe last year, you know, just right around 1,000 yards and a couple touchdowns and about 70 catches, maybe that wasn't his ceiling. So, Jared, do you have Sneed at all in any of your leagues? No, actually my wife does, and
1: she did not start it. And she was watching those points rack up and was like, oh, my God, (laughs) how could you not tell me to start this guy? I go, I don't know. I've got my own problems to worry about here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. You have a lot of problems to worry about with your fantasy squad. Thank you. But what was interesting though is Kobe Flaner was an absolute non-factor, and heading into uh, week one, there was word that he was falling out of Drew, Brace, Drew Brees' and uh, Sean Payton's good graces. So are we sure it was good?
1: Are we sure he's good?
0: Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, are we sure Ben Watson was good? He sucked for the Patriots, and he was dominant last year. So
1: I don't know. It's That's... a weird off. It's it's. It doesn't lend itself well to traditional-style tight ends. You have to be that guy that can be split out and play wide receiver. It's such a – vir- Fleener,
0: But Fleener can do that though. See, that's the thing. Fleener, Fleener should be able to split out and be a hybrid tight maybe end wide receiver. He
1: was, He was always attached when he was at Stanford and with the Colts. I don't remember him being that Jimmy Graham type guy. Yeah,
0: yeah and Ben Watson was always super athletic. So maybe – you're right. Maybe Fleener isn't a good fit, but it just seems like he's athletic enough – to be that tight end that should catch seventy balls and push a thousand yards and come close to double digit touchdowns at least that's where he was drafted in fantasy drafts in like the fifth or sixth round and uh, unfortunately for those who invested in Fleener he didn't put up those numbers and I really don't think we're gonna see those numbers until you know he gets comfortable with the offense so it might take four or five six weeks and how long do you wait around for I think that if you have Fleener have to pick up a guy off waivers that that might be you know a, a potential spot start in case Fleener does struggle for an extended period of time um but uh jack you mentioned a player earlier spencer Ware. so he he won you this week pretty much
2: right yeah he him and uh and i forgot i have kelvin benjamin in all three of my leagues oh, so I, I basically got an all-star huh. team it's <laughs> week one all-star oh, week
0: one all-star team right
2: yeah, yeah. Sp- Spencer Ware cleaned up. If if I'm Andy Reid, I am not giving Jamal Charles that job back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sound like such a fantasy football owner. Oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. I mean – Well, to be honest, I, I, I don't know if I fully agree with you, but I will say I think that the Chiefs should definitely wait until after their week five bye to bring back Jamal Charles because Spencer Ware has shown us last year after Charles went down that he's a solid player and he can – Definitely make up for the slack, um, or pick up the slack when Jamal Charles is out. I will say this: you know, Spencer Ware and the Chiefs did go up against the Chargers, who are pretty much terrible, and they can't stop a nosebleed uh, from the great Bart Scott, uh, as he said once about the Patriots. Um, so I wouldn't put too too much stock into his Week One performance, though. I think if Jamal Charles is inactive again in Week Two, then Spencer Ware will be a great start yet again because he's going to. Andy Reid always makes sure. At his quarterbacks, get a ton of looks, get a ton of yards, get a ton of touches. Um, and he, he also, you know, there's always concerns that he's going to do like a running back by committee, but Charkandrick Rest would really, as Jerry would know because he started him, um, West was was a pretty much a non factor in week one.
1: Thank you for
0: bringing that up. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one other game that I was, I had a great time watching was uh, the Colts versus the Lions because Andrew Luck and Matthew Stafford com- combined for over 700 yards, seven touchdowns, and no interceptions. Oh. So not a ton of defense, which means a ton of fantasy points for your squads. I have Andrew Luck in two leagues. He won me two weeks. Um, you know, I wish these two teams could play each other every week.
1: You really want to sit through the Colts versus the Lions for the rest of the year over and over again? Yes, yeah, if, if, if
0: if it means that I win my fantasy leagues every week, absolutely. Why the hell would I not want to do that? I don't give a shit about the two teams.
1: Well, I understand your point, but i I didn't watch the game other than when they cut away for it, and, so you could just see the end and see the terrible clock management by, uh, oh, by both coaches there. But I think it's the, it was the receivers that were the problem. I mean, and Matt Stafford went after his guys. He was pretty evident uh, on screen what he wanted. He wanted him to get the f- out of bounds. Uh, right, Marvin Jones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Marvin Jones. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good football. I don't, I don't care about good football when it comes to fantasy football. As long as I get points, I get points. So that's what happened in that game. Uh, you know, I do love when my team is playing either the eight o'clock game on Sunday night, or they play Monday night, or they play Thursday, because that means that from one o'clock till seven o'clock, I can just watch Red Zone, and Red Zone is like a fantasy wet dream. It's just you see every big play and you see every time your player scores or you know you're able to see how good players are and instead of just seeing their results in the box score you see what they can actually do on the field it's, it's it's I just love being able to watch red zone and I think I could do that job my my father said that he thinks Scott Hansen has the hardest job ever nobody can do it I think I could do it 7 straight hours of football without any bathroom breaks I could handle that <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're real go getter.
0: <laughs> Make my father proud. So, with the good comes the bad. There were some major week one injuries, and let's talk about those real quick. Jer Demarius Thomas with a hip on Thursday night. Um, you know he came down awkwardly catching a ball, and he he played the rest of the game. And at first it sounded like he might miss some time, but now the words are that he's going to try to. He's going to try to practice this week and play on Sunday. And unfortunately, Keenan Allen, who was on pace for like 150 catches this year. Uh, tore his ACL non-contact injury, done for the season. This is the second year in a row he couldn't finish the season. Actually, I think it might be the third year in a row. I think even his rookie year he uh, he missed some time. So last year he had a last-rated kidney. This year torn ACL, uh, two huge blows. Um, if if Demarius Thomas misses any time, he's a third-round pick. I took him in the third round of my league that we the, the live draft we did on the podcast. And Keenan Allen was a borderline first, probably early second-round pick. So, who are a couple players that you might be able to pick up on the waiver wire if uh, you had either Demarius Thomas, who might miss time, or Keenan Allen, who's definitely out for the season?
1: Oh, you mean like me, who's looking for a guy that can uh, bump into my starting spot? I got my, I got the waiver wire open right here. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, you know, in our league with a 14-team PPR setup the way we have it, a lot of these guys are going to be gone. But you know, guys like Will Fuller from the Texans looks like he can play the part. Guys like uh, Jeremy Curley had 11 targets for the 49ers. You know, say what you will about the 49ers offense. 11 targets is nothing to sneeze at. And they had that big miss where Gabbard threw, uh, had a 40-yard shot to him, and, and, he, and uh, they couldn't bring it in for a touchdown. You know, guys right. like that. And like, Victor Cruz, out of nowhere, um, won 4-31 and for a touchdown. And that, that should have been ODB's ball. I'm, I'm watching him. Like, he needs to get open for, in the red zone. And a Manning threw the ball over his head into the into the crowd. And the second one, it didn't look like ODB knew what to run. Um, sure. And but he, and then Manning did what he's supposed to do, go to the next guy. So there's a couple guys that receiver you could pick up. But I think you could do something with um, those. The, those are the guys I'm looking to get.
0: Jack, are there any players out there you you suggest
2: that people could pick
0: up if uh, they got Keenan Allen on their squad?
2: I, p- I picked up Will Fuller to fill in on all three of my teams. So I'm looking looking for him to have a God, league, excuse hopefully. us,
0: Mr. All-Star. This guy. Kids play, this kids guy. Play, Mr. Rockstar. Everybody's allowing him to get all the cool picks. Wow.
2: <laughs> well, none of I, the, the league that I play in with the most people is only a 12-man league. So, I mean, a lot of these guys are still open and available. We've all got All-Star teams. It's just it's <laughs> blind luck.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, close to your, close to home for you is Mike Wallace. I know he's not a Redskin, but he's a Raven. Uh, I loved Mike Wallace coming into Baltimore because Joe Flack was a deep ball thrower, and Mike Wallace really is a one-trick pony, run really fast, really straight, get under the ball and catch it, you know, as many times as possible. Usually catches it six out of ten times, and he had a long touchdown. He had three for sixty-six and a touchdown uh, in week one. So I love uh, Mike Wallace as a waiver wire option for you. Expect boomer bust weeks. And the, the other player too that uh, we'll see what he can do is Quincy Anunwa from the Jets. He's currently their slot receiver, their number three receiver. Obviously, both Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are going to get a ton of attention on the side on the outside. Um, and Noonwa had seven catches for 54 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. So he was a pretty efficient player, it looks like. He had some success late last year. Uh, I, I would definitely take a flyer on Noonwa if you can get him for cheap. Um, or if you know if you have uh, the third or fourth waiver wire pick in your league, you could get him uh, you know, after the Mike Wallace's or the Jeremy Curley's or the Will Fuller's uh, go through the first round. Um, so – another few injuries uh, that jack mentioned he mentioned russell wilson with a sprained ankle uh, he took a, it was a very awkward hit it looked like he might have just tweaked the inside of his ankle that this could limit his mobility and uh, one of the email questions that we got from a listener talks about russell wilson so we'll get into him a little bit later on but the other one's rg3 with a with a broken shoulder and i mean let's be real here he should already be on your waiver wire but if you have russell wilson uh, who are a couple of players, Jack, do you think you could pick up uh, from the waiver wire in case Russell Wilson can't go or he's limited
2: on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what. In the league that I have him in, for some stupid reason, David Carr was still available on the waiver wire yeah Derek Carr. Oh, excuse me. Derek <laughs> Carr. Um, so I still I, – I picked him up immediately. That's nice. Um, but that's, that's not going to be uh, typical for – you know most leagues obviously
0: right jerry a player that y- is close to your heart right now because you picked him up probably in like the 15th round is uh brock osweiler yeah and he's if still available Russell- i'm
1: all juicy trades considered <laughs> um yeah he's not my starting quarterback guy or big ben um but i got him in our league in like the, the 13th round. round yeah
0: yeah and and, and obviously I was a little bit concerned to see how this offense would pan out, but he threw a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. He threw a touchdown to Will Fuller. Uh, that offense is looking pretty damn good. Uh, another, a few other players, obviously Jameis Winston we mentioned earlier. He is going very late in drafts or going undrafted in some drafts. So If you can get Jameis Winston he's and you have Russell Wilson, do it and do it fast. Uh, I was very impressed by Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not trying to be a Patriots homer here, but he looked like just a solid quarterback. He didn't look like a skittish uh, player who hasn't seen any real time in the pocket. He looked like a true NFL quarterback. So if you're in a pinch, Garoppolo's got the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins aren't a great defense right now. Uh, Mario Williams has a concussion, might be out for next next week's game. Uh, the secondaries, they, they lost Sean Smith, so the secondary just isn't what it used to be. If you can pick up Jimmy Garoppolo and, and you're desperate for a quarterback, you could do much worse than him. And then Alex Smith actually had a pretty good game. He rushed in the the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he scored about 30 fantasy points this year and, and that or last week, and that's kind of what he does. He just scores in spurts. So if you're in a pinch and there's nobody else available on your waiver wire, he could be a player that's going to get you in the high 20s. But be be aware that he could easily get you, like, what, eight points, Jer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Right. So a couple other wave wire options you should definitely take a look at. Um, Trevar's Cadet, who is unfortunately for Jerry the third down back for the Saints, and it's not C.J. Spiller who was a healthy scratch and actually just got dropped by the Saints. Oh
1: yeah, so I, he's been <laughs> dropped off my team. Thank you. Oh, he has yes. been. Who'd you
0: pick up? Who'd you pick up for him?
1: Uh, we're still looking through the list right now as we're speaking right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Travars Cadet uh, had three catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. Not gaudy numbers by any means, but he's obviously the third down back in New Orleans, and that's a very valuable position. That's always, uh, you know, Pierre Thomas was that player for a while. He's a solid running back. Darren Sproles was a solid running back in that position. And Mark Ingram kind of grew into a three-down back. But they might want to try to keep him healthy because he can be such a good, early down back and you know if they can get a guy like Cadet Cadet, who can take over the third down um, aspect of that offense then that could save Mark Ingram for later on the season Uh, another player that I was a little nervous about because the Falcons came out and said that they were going to do a committee approach is Tevin Coleman I was nervous if you were drafting Devontae Freeman with a second round pick and rightfully so Tevin Coleman outplayed Devontae this week had eight rushes for 22 yards, but really did well in the passing game, five for 95. He scored about five more fantasy points than Devontae Freeman did. And it came out today that they're going to continue that running back by committee. So a lot of players, a lot of fantasy players wasted a second round pick, maybe a late first round pick of Devontae Freeman. And that could end up being the biggest bust pick. And it makes me happy, Jared, that we decided to go with uh, Eddie Lacy instead of Devontae Freeman there in the second round.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. And, uh, you know, I tried to make a really shitty, trade for kevin coleman <laughs> on sunday after a couple ipas but uh, it, did. it didn't go, it through. Did. It
0: did not go through it did not it did not it did not it got through to our group text
1: yes it did and everybody you know spilling the beans <laughs> you're welcome
0: <laughs> Jar, are there a couple wide receivers there though on the waiver wire that uh that might be a good ad in in leagues
1: um did, did you mention philip dorsett uh, from the Colts because he was their leading receiver. After it was all said and done on Sunday, um, he's won. You know, there's a, there's a couple other guys out there like uh, from the Titans, Tajay Sharp
0: um, from from UMass too. Thank you for that.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, seven seven catches. I forget how many targets, but you know, in our, like I'm thinking in our league. Like right now, I'm looking at our waiver wire. It's it's pretty slim pickings on any guy, to, anybody that got. Um, Anywhere close to double-digit targets. But like a guy like, um, oh, what's his name? Devontae Parker, I'm seeing here, is still available. And he's going to be gone. I can see him getting picked up right away. Um, So receiver-wise, if you're looking for a running back that wants to play receiver, I got C.J. Spiller waiting in the wings, (laughs) cheap and easy, out the door, ready to move. I can't believe he's still on your roster. Like, well,
0: okay. Why would you still have him there? He Te-
1: got cut. Technically, if you look at Yahoo, he is on my roster, but he's dropped. I'm waiting for a waiver transfer to go through. <laughs> but this is the way of the world, okay? I'm stuck waiting at a freaking second-rate tech company to make a move so I don't have to have C.J. Spiller on my squad any longer. Thank you
0: See, very Jack, much. Jack, this is, this is what I deal with with this kid, okay? He actually <sighs> kept C.J. Spiller on his team. Which blows my mind.
2: They all make mistakes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Life's hard. You're making it harder. Okay? Thank you.
0: Dino might. Um, as I referenced earlier too, uh, so we have some questions that were sent to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the caveat here is once we get t-shirts printed off, which is hopefully going to be happening soon, the second round of t-shirts, um... We'll be sending those to randomly picked uh, people who send in emails or send in tweets or send in Facebook messages. So please send those in with your starter sit trade advice, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, the first question is from Jib. Uh, like I said, send an email at at gmail.com. Follow him on Instagram at jibscribs and uh, www.jibscribs.com. Great friend of the program. This question is actually to me. Uh, we're in a fan duel group together, and my lineup is we, – we do like a league, and, and he asks this question about my lineup. He says, you went extremely expensive on your three wide receivers and yet didn't pair any of them with their quarterback. What's your reasoning behind that versus pairing a wide receiver like Antonio Brown with his QB, Ben Roethlisberger? So before we get into this, let me tell you what my roster looked like. It was Dak Prescott at $5,000. Todd Gurley at $8,900, Spencer Ware, $5,400, Antonio Brown, $9,300, Odell Beckham, $9,100, DeAndre Hopkins, $8,400, Vance McDonald, $4,700, Cairo Sanchez, $4,800, and Titans defense at $4,100. So, Jib, to answer your question directly, uh, the reason why I didn't pair a quarterback with one of those stud wide receivers was because uh, the only way I could afford all those stud wide receivers was. Was by having Dak Prescott at a minimum of five thousand dollars, which is the um, the FanDuel minimum. Uh, the The way I went into this was let me try to find as many value players as possible. And so Dak Prescott being at a minimum, uh, spence aware being at fifty four hundred dollars, which that was he a huge obviously, hit. yeah, that, that was awesome. Unfortunately, him and Antonio Brown were the only two hits on this whole group. Todd
1: <laughs> Gurley, yeah, it's um, um, hmm. yeah we'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about
0: that in a second. Um, Vance McDonald at 4,700 scored a touchdown late. And, you know, Titans D, I was saying, okay, well, they're going against Sean Hill or Sam Bradford. Let me just, uh, see what we can do here. Uh, and at that point, I said, I'm going to just invest in the studs Brown, Beckham, Hopkins, and Gurley. It would have worked if Gurley got me like six more points and Beckham scored a touchdown and, and DeAndre had his typical 10 catches. Um, but the strategy is I was just honestly just trying to look for value at quarterback, and I thought maybe Dak Prescott could pick up some yards on the ground, sneak in a touchdown or two. And if and if he got me about 20 points, I would have won the league for that week. So uh, it almost worked. It didn't work uh, to the full extent, but that was my rationale with um, <clears throat> that, that lineup. But I'll tell you what, this week I'm definitely playing um, – Eli Manning against the Saints, who the Saints just lost their top cornerback to a broken leg. I'm going to play him and, and uh, Odell Beckham in every single daily league I do because they're going to score at least, at least a1,000 points combined.
2: Uh,
0: next email came from Dominic, and Jerry, he called you jugdish. Do you care to
1: expand on that at all?: <laughs> That's a Seinfeld reference. If you go to the oh. backwards episode when they go to India, Elaine is <laughs> hammered. And she says, "Do you know what Jerry is in Indian Jugdish?" It's an old, <laughs> it's an old Seinfeld ref- reference.
0: Okay. Well, Jugdish, do you want to um, explain his questions here?
1: Yeah, his question was, uh, "I need a third receiver in a, for a flex PPR league." He had a list of Sterling Shepherd, Muhammad Sanu, Emmanuel Sanders, Danny Woodhead, and James White. Um, from that list, I think Sterling Shepherd is the most upside. Um, Mohamed Sanu got you know, a pretty good first round or first week game stat line, but he got a little banged up. I'm not sure how he's doing right now. Um, and, and Danny Woodhead, I think, was fourth overall when it came to rushing yards um, was after I trashed him in our last podcast. <laughs> um, so if you're asking me, I like the upside of Sterling Shepard. If he is your third receiver, I don't know his other two starting receivers. He didn't list those, but um, those are the ones he – of those, that's the one I like. I would say Sterling Shepard. Jack, who would you pick for a flex there?
2: Uh, you know, probably Sterling Shepard.
0: Okay. Here, here's my thing about Sterling Shepard. I think that uh, if he told me a week ago, asked me this question, I'd say Sterling Shepard for sure. However... Victor, Victor Cruz emerging. Um, you know, he probably won't be the number two option. I think Sterling Shepard will still be, the, still be the number two option just because of overall talent and health at this point in their career. Uh, but so I'm, I'm probably going to take a different route with it. I'm going to go with uh, Emmanuel Sanders as my third wide receiver, especially if, um, if Demarius Thomas is banged up, then. Emmanuel Sanders will be Simeon's number one option. Also, they're going against Indianapolis, whose secondary is absolutely atrocious right now. Uh, and then for a flex PPR, I'm going to go with James White over Danny Woodhead. The reason being, Mohamed Sanu's banged up. Sterling Shepard, again, could be maybe a third option. Uh, I, I, James White looked good against the Cardinals in limited action. I think they're, they need to lean on him a little bit more, and they will against Miami. I want to say Woodhead, but last year Woodhead would have a huge game, then do nothing for two or three weeks, then have a huge game, then nothing for two or three weeks. So I'm just playing the odds here and saying that Denny Woodhead's, Woodhead's going to do not much in week two and possibly week three. So give me James White, Dominic, as your, uh, your flex in the PPR league. Okay. He also asked about waiver wire tight ends. Jerry, are there any waiver wire t- tight ends kind of uh, sticking out for you?
1: The Jack Doyle one is is interesting. I know he had two touchdowns, but I, I don't know if you could actually make that claim as he's going to be a guy. You know, we don't know what's going on with in Pittsburgh. Um, Jesse James is starting right now, but Darius Green is is he out uh, for? Four he's on weeks? the pop. He's, he's the on the, the pop, pop. So, you know, Six. it seems like he's still not a huge part of their offense yet. They're still trying. to – He's not that Heath Miller role. Um, Virgil Green and Jacob Tannehill are the two on his list um i kind of like you know i i just picked up virgil green and you know i have uh four for 28 i don't know who's a better red zone guy him or tammy um but i think virgil green would probably be my choice of the four okay
0: jack you talked about russell wilson being your quarterback um dominic asked us Russell Wilson's his quarterback. He's a little banged up. Should he consider picking up Joe Flacco as a pl- replacement this week? So that begs the question, would you rather have Flacco at Cleveland or Russell Wilson with a bum ankle at L.A.?
2: You know, I I thoroughly considered picking up Joe Flacco this week, and I, I still might do it. I th- I really think that he looked good um, in this week's past game. I think that's a toss-up. I don't know how severe Russell Wilson's ankle is going to be, how much of an impact it's going to be. Um, I don't know. I certainly liked watching Joe Flacco play a lot more than I liked watching uh, Russell Wilson play. So maybe maybe that will be the deciding factor. I just think to the
0: point that L.A. has a great defensive front, Robert Quinn, Aaron Donald, uh, they're going to get after the quarterback. And, and obviously Russell Wilson, his game is predicated on getting out of the pocket and, and making plays with his feet. If he's got a bum ankle, he's not going to be able to do that. So I'm going to roll with Flacco at Cleveland. Uh, if you're able to, you know Dominic, if you can drop somebody of little to no value to you and pick up Flacco versus Cleveland, I say definitely do that just in case Wilson can't go. Uh, if he can go you have to consider him because you know we saw Blaine Gabbert absolutely shred the Rams on Monday Night Football and obviously, honestly one of the, the most boring games I've ever watched, but i watched because I've taught Gurley in so many leagues. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a degenerate, but that, it is what it is. Uh, Alex sent us an email at negpodcast at gmail.com. His first question was, I have both Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah in a PPR league. Are they both viable options, or is one going to separate himself after a pretty even week one? Jerry, what do you think about this? Because you told me to draft Theo Riddick in my hometown league. Yeah, and uh, I like
1: I like Theo Riddick. Uh, I thought he had a great game on week one. I don't know if it's you know just a little bit more experience. I don't. I think he's the, the the forerunner right now. You know, we'll see if Amir Abdullah can take you know more reps away from him. I don't see it right now. You know, but that's something that's going to play out week to week. I would say he's still a viable uh, starter, and you might even want to consider playing both of huh? them.
0: Yeah, the reason why I'd say that Amir Abdullah has a little bit more upside is because, um, you know, Abdullah's going to get more carries than Theo Riddick. And Abdullah also is a force, not a force, but he's a a variable in the pass game. He's going to be an option for Stafford to check down to. If they check out of a run play, they know that he can catch the ball. It's not like he's LeGarrette Blunt or Joyke Bell, who they had there before, who just simply couldn't catch the ball. Um, so because of that, because he's more of a well-rounded player, I think Amir Abdullah is the better play moving forward. However, because it's a PPR league and Theo Riddick's going to catch five balls a game, six balls a game, he has an, there's a very good opportunity. He's going to find the end zone. And while he, his, his value is definitely predicated on scoring touchdowns, um, Again, if he's touching the ball six, seven, eight, nine times a game, there's a good chance he's going to score a touchdown. And I mean, he's he's shifty. He's he, I've seen a lot more confidence in Week One than I saw uh, you know last year when he finally got into that role of the pass catching back. But again, I will say, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit because Indy's defense sucks. They are literally brutal. They were down all their top cornerbacks. To Jackson's 33, he was their best linebacker. He's the only player that could keep up with him. He's slow as shit. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to call this a mirage, but we're going to see like I think that this will be the best game by Detroit running backs all season because Indy's that bad. And I'm, I'm looking forward that much to C.J. Anderson just shredding the Indy defense on, on Sunday when um, Indy goes into Denver. The other question uh, that Alex had through email was there's another split carry situation in Seattle. Are one of these guys going to take the workload, or are they going to hold hands all year like a couple of schoolyard girls? So, Jack, <laughs> Jack. even though I talked to Burris last time, I want to ask Burris again because Burris's boy is Thomas Rawls. I want to hear what he thinks about uh, the Rawls and Christine Michaels split right now in Seattle.
1: Well, Christine Michael got the uh, bulk of the carries, and I think it, until Rawls can prove otherwise, it's probably going to hold true. Um, you know, so those – Thomas Rawls shareholders like myself were hoping for a Christine Michael uh, nick or ding that causes that to change and he can prove himself. I think it's still going to be 2-1, to and you know if they get to a 50-50 split, I don't know if Rawls actually takes over the job, unless something tragic happens to, uh, to Michael.
0: I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you there. Really? Um, I yeah. I watched some, and, and you're gonna like this too, because I watched some of the Seattle little, game. I'm
1: doing a little reverse curse uh, then. I like this. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I watched some of the Seattle game, and Rawls looked like just looked like the, the a crisper runner. He looked faster. He looked stronger than Michael. Um, I think that this was pretty much Thomas Rawls' week one was his his dress rehearsal game, just to make sure he still had it in him. And he did. He actually was very impressive. I was not a believer after last season. I just kind of thought he was overrated. He was in a good system. And then I watched him on Sunday, and I was very impressed. So I think that you're going to see more. You'll still see a split this week, but it might be 60-40 in favor of Rawls. That That's my thought process okay. on that. And, and they're going to lean on that running game, too, because – with Russell Wilson's injury, uh, it, it could be you know I don't think they're going to want to put the ball in his hands too too much. So I think we're going to see a lot of running from Seattle this week against the Rams. The other question that Alex had, and uh, I can do this, and we'll see if uh, my my co-host and our guest can do this. Jack, can you spell the last name of New
2: England starting quarterback? Oh Jesus, G A R. I'm done. Gar. <laughs> Gar
0: Steve, all right, uh,
1: Burris. G a r a p p p p p six p's. Oh, so oh, you're
0: you're close. It's G a r o p o. No, G a r o p p o l o. So there's only one R. So you're close, Garoppolo. Um, and then Stephen via Facebook. We'll, we'll kick this to you, Jack, because, again, this is in your the DMV area of this of the world. Um, who's the running back to own in Baltimore this season? Should I bail on all of my Buck Allen shares? And before you go into this, yes, Stephen, via Facebook, get rid of all of your Buck Allen shares. He's the healthy and active. Kenneth Dixon's coming in in a few weeks, and he's going to take over the pass-catching role. Um, but between Terrence West and Justin Forsett, Jack, do you have any comments on those two players?
2: You know, I'm, I'm honestly not, not the biggest uh, Ravens follower, but most of my friends have banked in the, the Justin Forsett column there, so that's about as much as I can do as far as advice.
0: <laughs> we'll take it. Okay, we'll take it. Um, they pretty much had a 50-50 split this, this week with, with touches. Um, you know what? I'm staying away from Baltimore altogether. Uh, I I liked Justin Forsett going into the season, but Terrence West kind of stepped up and had a good preseason. He's taken some early down touches, and then Justin Forsett got cut, only to be brought back on on a lesser deal. Um, Jared, do you agree with me here? I'm just staying away from Baltimore altogether. They're going to be a bad football team. I like them
1: in week two against the Browns, but that's about it. Who doesn't?
0: (laughs) Who doesn't? So let's talk about – so thank you very much for the questions, guys. Again, send us questions on Facebook, Twitter, email, negpodcast at gmail.com. If you're able to do – if you're able to send us a question or give us a question, then we will put you in the running for a new T-shirt. Once we get those printed off, they're going to be pretty slick. If you go to our Facebook page, you can see a sample of those T-shirts, and all of our good guests are going to get one of those, again, once they're printed off. So get excited there, Jack.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate <laughs> no problem. That. Yeah, All guests are, are uh,
1: definitely getting, getting the shirt.
0: Absolutely. So uh, two things I want to get into this uh, before we wrap up this episode. First one, uh, uh, one of the, uh, the terms, I think, Jer, that we've really grown accustomed to in the league from the Ville is the point pounder or point pounding. Yeah. And uh, who do you think the point pounder of the week this week? The
1: point pounder of the week by far, in my opinion, was Lamar Miller. You know, we talked about the the off season. Who is going to be getting the upgrade this year from where they were last year? And it's definitely Lamar Miller. He went 28 carries, 106 yards. His previous career high for carries was only 22, and he never went over 20 carries in 2015 with the Dolphins. I mean, it's it's criminal the way he was used in Miami. Um, I don't I don't remember any sort of game when he had over 120 yards um, with them combined running and and catching. So. We, we are liking what's going on in Houston. I, I kind of called it uh, because, you know, I'm, I know this stuff. <laughs> this, is why, this is why you listen to, to the podcast. You listen to what we have to say, and it's very important. He was one of my favorite, probably my
0: favorite free agent signing this year. I have him in a few leagues. I have him in the Dynasty League, and I've always been a big fan of his. I always got very frustrated when he'd break off two 60-yard touchdowns and then Miami just wouldn't give him the ball for whatever reason. Right. Um, it's good to see that Houston's going to make him the bell cow, and it seems like he's definitely going to be well worth a, a first-round pick. Um, now, now, real quick, my favorite segment that we've come up with is the NFL Dumbass of the Week. There's three different options for us, and we'll go through those real quick. I think me, you, and Mark for thinking the Browns will win Week One definitely uh, a contender for dumbass of the week. Easily, <laughs> uh, um, RG three for initiating contact instead of sliding and breaking his shoulder. Pretty stupid, uh, right? Never learns. <laughs> There's the Redskins fan for you. But I think it comes. It has to come down to uh, Jeff Fisher for actually thinking the Rams would be any better than eight and eight. Uh, we if you watched that game last night, I, I again I'm a a degenerate, so I'm just watching hoping Todd Gurley would get something more than a three, four yard gain and just watching that team against the you know, the the high flying offense of the San Francisco 49ers led by Blaine Gabbert, it was just it was just embarrassing. Um so Jared, I, I, how do you feel about are you do you feel comfortable with making Jeff Fish your NFL dumbass of the week?
1: He's got my vote. Actually, like if I could vote five times I would. But we only count one here
0: on the Never End Glory podcast. Right. And real quick, something I do want to mention that I forgot to talk about, uh, and this is regards to Todd Gurley, because I saw all over Twitter, you know, should we worry about Todd Gurley? Should we dump him? Should we trade him? With Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson, hold, don't worry about it. Just hold Pat. They're going to be fine. They're going to get their touches. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get their touchdowns. Now with Devontae Freeman, again, we mentioned with Tevin Coleman taking over and looking like it's going to be running back by committee. That could be a scary situation, so if you can trade Devontae Freeman for something close to draft day value, I absolutely would do it. However, hold on to Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson. They both struggled in week one, but they're going to be fine in week two moving forward. Um, So, Jack, I, I really want to thank you for joining us. This was awesome. One more time, can you tell us where we can find you on Twitter and Facebook?
2: Uh, you can find my band Wander on www.facebook.com, dot com, Instagram dot com, Twitter dot com, backslash. Are you w- are you
0: like are you an old soul because you just said www.facebook.com? <laughs> just
2: say <laughs> yeah. Facebook we are wander. You know, it's funny you say that because I, all my friends call me Grandpa Jack. I have <laughs> I have quite Quite an affinity for whiskey, so whenever I'm at a bar, I'm just like, "Give me a whiskey neat," and they're like, "What are you, a grandpa?" So you still use AOL.com? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's still out there, you know. Surfing Dude 369, that's three six nine was my okay. name, messenger.
0: Please tell me the sixty nine was something sexual.
2: Uh, I think it was after uh, it was a little John reference. Oh, three six nine. God. Damn, she's fine. Yep.
1: yep. Ah, oh, skeet, 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 skeet. All right. Well. Hey, this is a PG thirteen program.
0: <laughs> yeah, find find Wander at W V N D E R band on Twitter. Check them out on Facebook. You know, again, check out Wander W V N D E R. Awesome. Precipice was a great album. Check out their their first self title. Check out Rest the EP. I can't talk about this band, you know, enough. They're just a a great band to listen to um jack thank you very much for joining us tonight uh jared i'm not sure but are we the official podcast of wander or is wander the official band of the new never ending glory podcast
1: i think it's a symbiotic relationship okay we can work with that i think it is too guys thanks (laughs) thanks very much absolutely so so
0: uh jack we're not going to hold it to you but we're going to hold it to you um (laughs) you definitely going to join the podcast again uh, you mentioned you're a Red Sox fan. So once the Red Sox make the playoffs, we'll talk a little baseball. Um, like but- the
2: confidence, like the confidence. <laughs> Div- Division champs.
0: But we loved having you on, and uh, we definitely look forward to talking to you again in the future about uh, if the Redskins can ever turn around or maybe about the Red Sox moving forward or just fantasy football in general. Um, so thank you again for joining us. And Jer, uh, you know, we got another podcast recording tomorrow. Going to get some picks with the-, the brothers raised by Wolves, Mark and Sean. So please, everybody, uh Keep us locked and get ready for our week two picks.